Hey guys, this is Rich Bokini. This is the Princess of Pro Wrestling, SoCal Val. Teddy Stigma, the world's worst role model. This is Holiday. This is Steve Young. E-F-F-Y-F-E. And you're listening to the only podcast that calls it right down the middle. The whole reppin' show. And now, the wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. The whole reppin' show. Hello and welcome to episode 67 of the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. It's the whole reffing show, dear listeners. You're back. I'm back. I'm Darren Beasley. I'm Perry Smith. I'm also back and I'm front. And I'm sideways and upways and downways and leftways and slantways and all the other Amazing things you can do in the uh, the Wonka Vader. <laughs> hey, what podcast worth its salt doesn't have a Wonka Vader, or at least access to one? Dear listeners, we're stoked that you're with us today. We know it's the hap hap happiest time of year, which also means an incredibly busy time of year. So you should be very close to celebrating a happy new year. And it's about time to wind down from a long fall and early winter of Halloweens and Thanksgivings and Hanukkahs and Christmases and Kwanzaas and even Boxing Day. And uh, so Happy Rusev Day and also Happy New Year. This is the last episode of The Whole Reffin' Show for 2017. Next time you listen to us, it'll be the year of our Lord, 2018. So we get to obnoxiously say, see you next year, listeners. Oh, just wait till the end of this episode. Uh, no, no more episodes this year, folks. So sorry. It'll be next year before you get to hear any more of the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. The whole Reffin Show. Dear listeners, it's a great show here at the end of 2017, here at the end of all things. And on today's show, we're going to talk about injuries, Uh, some updates for some WWE injuries, as well as some new ones. We hate that each new week seems to bring new injuries. People are getting hurt. Yes, such is life, and such is the life of a pro wrestler. Also, Woken Matt... He uh, He's going to make his entrance. He's going to make a new entrance. We're going to tell you a little bit about that. As well as some unsettling displeasure uh, over the Pacific Ocean in the islands of Japan. New Japan Pro Wrestling. There is some, uh, some real life feuding that's starting to come out of the booking. The booking for Wrestle Kingdom 12. Wrestle Kingdom 12, right around the corner, dear listeners. We are actually going to review Wrestle Kingdom 12 in two weeks. It will be here on your screens before you know it. You know, you can catch it on New Japan World, their over-the-top streaming service. Very similar to the WWE Network. If you're not familiar, get familiar. That's how Perry and I will most likely be taking in uh, this outstanding show of shows as far as New Japan is concerned. And then we're going to tell all you dear listeners all about Wrestle Kingdom. 
But before we do, today we're going to tell you a little bit about some of the real-life heat that has sprung up from it. And then we are going to have a very special guest on the show this week. We are going to welcome back to the whole Reffin show, good, dear, friend of the show, Teddy Stigma. World's worst role model, Teddy Stigma, but... That's the one. But one of our best friend of the shows, uh, Teddy Stigma. He's a lot of fun. And we have a good conversation with old Teddy Stigma. We talk about uh, his current situation. It's not all happy news for Teddy Stigma these days. Uh, Unfortunately, we'll get into that with Teddy. Also, we're going to talk about uh, the first ten seasons of The Simpsons, Darren, which are the only good seasons of The Simpsons, (laughs) or the very least, they are the best seasons of The Simpsons. Well, that is, uh, I learned that uh, from listening to you and Teddy. Well, you'll learn a little bit about wrestling during the interview, but you'll learn a lot about The Simpsons during the interview. (laughs) So, uh, if you like one or the other, or both, then you stick around and, and hear what Teddy has to say. You know, before we can get into that very meaty conversation with our good friend of the show, Tedward Stigma, I think we might have to uh, go ahead and address these headlines. The lunatic fringe Dean Ambrose, we learned last week, he is out. He is out of action from the WWE right now. And now we've learned he will actually be out for up to nine months. Nine months for Dean Ambrose to be gone is... It's a very long time for anyone to be gone. But it's the worst possible nine months to be gone. Rumble coming up. WrestleMania just around the corner as well. Basically SummerSlam at that point, probably. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's I doubt there's any SummerSlam for, for Ambrose. No. So, I mean, Ambrose is is kind of, he's been touted as kind of the workhorse lately. We, we, we talked about it a little bit last episode, but, I mean, the past couple of years, I think he's actually had more uh, live appearances under his belt than any other performer. I think he most definitely has. Um, and uh, he's had a good couple of years, too. He's won basically <laughs> all but every title in the, on the, uh, in the company. Um, so he's doing pretty well for himself. Yeah, unfortunately, this is going to create a a great disturbance right. in his career because this essentially cuts off the second half of this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, if we're going by WWE standards of measuring time, which is mania to mania, he loses the second half of his 2017, and then if he's out through Mania and even through SummerSlam, he loses over half of his next year, his 2018, which, God, I mean, essentially makes you mostly irrelevant for two... Nine months equals, like, two years in terms of relevance. And two years in wrestling is eternity. Well, I, I think this will do him good. Really? I think Ambrose needs to go away for a while. Okay. Um, because it's been pretty it's been pretty evident lately in the past I mean for the past year, they haven't really had a whole lot for Ambrose to do. That's very true. And and getting him and Seth Rollins together to become tag team champions for a while, this whole what you mentioned last episode, this whole shield uh, reunion thing has been botched from the start. Yeah. Um with the uh, Reigns getting the mumps, now Ambrose is injured. 
um, you know, Angle filling in and, and you know, for a show and, and then Triple H for a show. And it's become about anything except for the Shield. Right. Um, but hey, they got those new t-shirts, though. Those new t-shirts <laughs> sound pretty good. Anyway, um, so I think Ambrose needs to go away for a while because I, I think, I don't want to say people are maybe getting tired of him, but I think they're getting tired of him do nothing. Which is kind of what where Ambrose has been at for a bit. So, so Ambrose go away for a while, rest up, and and come back a hundred percent. But yeah, it's it'll be interesting. I look forward to your return, Ambrose. And I, I wonder if they're going to just throw you back and do the same old thing, or if they're going to actually try to do something with you. I um, would really like to believe that after nine months or more uh, away, that when he comes back, there will be something distinctly different. Mm-hmm. I don't care what it is. Change the color of his tank top. Change his blue jeans to black jeans. Don't trot him out with the shield. Don't, I mean, new haircut, shorter hair, much longer hair, anything. There needs to be something distinctly different. Well, it was a slap in the face how quickly he was replaced. <laughs> um, and by that, I mean... Uh, Seth Rollins got a new tag team partner, Jason Jordan. Of course. Yeah, Jason Jordan. JJ Angle. So now Jason Jordan and Seth Rollins defeated the bar, which was Ambrose and Rollins' arch nemesis. Nemesis. Um, so you break up American Alpha so that way Jason Jordan could be a singles competitor. I... And then you, you you give him the tag team titles with Seth Rollins on. on like, wow, you're, you're, you, you did what you usually do in a year. And a couple of months with Jason Jordan. Right. We're doing this whole new thing. Put him in a tag team with someone else quickly. Okay, you're tag champions. That'll make them happy. Uh, so, yeah, that whole thing. But, Ambrose, uh, yeah, I, that is a whole headache uh, that we can get into some other time. But, Dean Ambrose, obviously, we wish you well. And uh, we look forward to you coming back. And hopefully they do something with you, pal. But, that injury we, we were aware of. We, didn't, we, weren't, we weren't aware of how long Ambrose would be out. But... Uh, we knew of it. This new one's pretty fresh, folks. If you watched the latest episode of Monday Night Raw, you saw the Brian Kendrick take on Hideo Itami, and you saw how the match ended. Yeah, Itami breaks out the GTS, mm-hmm. and I... The go to sleep, for those who don't know. Why is he using that? And uh, Hideo Itami is a walking uh, calamity. He is a walking destruction. He is either hurting himself or hurting another person. <laughs> I'm sorry. I really... It's strong style, Darren. Uh, yeah, okay, sure. Um, it's murder style. It's how we yeah. do it. So uh, Tommy hits the GTS on Brian Kendrick and breaks his nose and breaks his orbital bone. <laughs> do you know how Life hard... laughing. That's horrible. How incredibly hard you're swinging your knee up into somebody's face. To crack their skull. The nose is tender. The you're, nose you're, is tender you're, you're, and protruding. You're swinging as hard as Mabel falling onto Undertaker's face. Because that's why Taker wore a mask for a while. Is because Mabel gave him a really bad leg drop and broke his orbital. Well, swinging your knee upward into someone's face enough to crack or shatter the flat protected part of their skull mm-hmm. that's incredibly hard like i don't know how kendrick could stand up or breathe or think after i mean i, I think you would just knock you out cold but that, that's got to be a really weird thing to react to right 
It's not like you're breaking your leg where it's like, oh, oh, my leg. But like your face, like you're kind of just like, it's like a warm sensation oh, yeah. right between your eyes. Yeah, my And you're just face. like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it's almost like your face is on fire and yeah. you, you can't put it out. Like that's got to be the weirdest feeling. Yeah, they had some close-up photographs of Kendrick sort of on his hands and knees slowly reacting to it. And I, there, oh, there is such a pain. There is such a pain sure he's not working in this. his eyes that is no way, no way it's worked. Okay. And uh, it's pretty gnarly. So immediately the GTS is outlawed. Uh, Tommy appears on 205 Live, does not use the GTS. I'm sure CM Punk had some very nice things to say about oh, well, the... Uh... CM, hey, he's always got something nice to say. You want, you want to hear somebody say something nice? Uh-huh. Look up CM Punk. Okay. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, that's gonna. I'm gonna ruffle copter my way out of here uh, on the ridiculousness that CM Punk was ever nice about anything. I don't think I've actually heard anyone say ruffle copter before. Well, now you have. That's a fun little tongue twister too. <laughs> GTS outlawed Hideo Itami on 205 Live the next night. Uses the rings of Saturn. Oh my god! Uh, as his finisher, so now he's which, 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 which that. someone said like, oh, like uh, uh, Hideo Itami seen using Neville's finisher. It's like fuck you. Those are the rings of Saturn, motherfucker. That's Perry Saturn's finisher. And how cool is that first name? <laughs> <laughs> so we much wish, cooler than the Saturn part. We we wish we wish. Uh, I'll just laugh through these whole injury segments. Um, <laughs> Broke his orbital. <laughs> We do wish Brian Kendrick all the best. Right, and injuries tend or seem to be a theme on this uh, this episode. Actually, injuries we'll more, more that later on seem to be a theme in re- in wrestling. I, I was watching a football game earlier today, and uh, here we go. And we were discussing the fact that uh, the more the rules change, the more the equipment changes, the more all of these extreme and they are getting extreme efforts are made to uh, increase safety and decrease injuries, the more frequent and more serious the injuries seem to be becoming. Right. Seems to kind of be the same in pro wrestling. Well, it's... Now, with wrestling, it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. One, in wrestling, the one of the key differences is the wrestlers are acknowledging their injuries. Right. Whereas for decades... The wrestlers hid them, worked through them, they self-medicated, did a bunch of unwise things. The real, the real times. And covered up their injuries, which led many of them to early graves, right. early retirement, Unfortunately, yes. early, uh, you know, crippling statuses, uh, and, and that's awful. Um, one of the other arguments that can be made, of course, is the athlete... The, the the human athlete and the athleticism there therein has become so much more advanced and extreme than it was 10, 30, 60 years ago, of course. And you're talking about the fact that everyone is bigger, faster, and stronger. So when you have sports that re- rely on collision, like all combat sports even one with a predetermined outcome like pro wrestling or what uh like football or soccer or even basketball which intentionally have collision or unintentionally 
uh, incur collision. Nevertheless, these now super athletes, even if they uh, the rules are different and the equipment is superior, the human body is so much more uh, superior and and like uh, <laughs> so much more uh, capable of of, uh, of damage that there's the argument there that we are now stronger than the ability that we have to protect ourselves. Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, it does seem ironic that in an era of greater awareness, greater safety, uh, we're actually experiencing in both uh, legitimate team sports, uh, other combat sports, and pro wrestling, uh, greater, more frequent, and more serious injuries. What's up with that? Well, I mean, you're you're pushing yourselves in the gym to even get to the point where you look like you are just the best that you could be, and that your your body is just this amazing, you know, this amazing machine, and that already is going to put strain on your body and your muscles and your joints and everything. Plus, these wrestlers who wrestle, you know, four days a week, maybe. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Not four, just television appearances, house shows, live events. Plus, uh, you're plus you're on the road all the I time. I was about to say airplane rides, long car Probably rides, probably not getting sleep. the sleep that you need. Yeah, I mean it's it's tough. So I mean, what you're saying is that it's a rubber band that's pulled too tight. It's a spring that is wound too tight. Yeah, yeah. So it may be a very high functioning machine. It may be a very powerful spring, but everything has its breaking point, and maybe the stronger. Uh, and the more uh, intensely wound something is, the closer it is to destruction. Sure. I mean, I, I mean, I, I guess that's a possibility. Is that yeah, your body is in better shape, but to get to that shape, you've pushed it beyond its limits. You've already pushed it pretty hard. Yeah. You're you're, well, you're already rubbing your you're already massaging your body in icy hot every night. You know, and then you go out and you fucking wrestle. Depending on how hard you work or what kind of, what kind of style you have, you know, if you're, I don't, I don't know how AJ Styles gets up in the morning. I don't I know don't. either. I mean, I watching mean, any of his matches is like, no. How do you do that every night? I could maybe pull off half of that one time only. If, right. if, if I were in really good shape, I, I would, I would have that kind of a match once and go, well, I did it. That was it. He does it every night. It's like, no, there's no way. Yeah, that, he's an incredible athlete, and. Uh, and he's not alone. He's not the only one. And uh, it's a shame. Yeah. These injuries are terrible. We wish Brian Kendrick the best, just like we do Dean Ambrose, just like we do anyone who uh, is in the sport that we love to watch, who is suffering yeah. for their art, for their career, for their money, for their family, for their fame, for their fortune, whatever the reason. Uh, we appreciate you putting your bodies on the line. We lament uh, when you pay a heavy price for it. And uh, we certainly wish that there were better answers to these uh, problems. Yeah, and you have to think, uh, I mean, obviously WWE has some sort of contingency plan for if you're injured. I'm sure you were compensated somehow. Like, oh, yeah. your, your bills will be paid. Indie people, not so much. No, if no, you're no. injured, you're not getting work. You're, you're not getting fed. And that's what an independent contractor is. And, and, that, and that, that's horrible. A man who is, as far as we know, not suffering... From any injuries, we uh, we don't believe that he has a broken nose or a broken orbital bone, but he is broken, or is it woken? Talking about Matt Hardy, of course. While Jeff Hardy is still out with his injury, woken Matt oh, Hardy. 
When we need we need to keep like a like a list of on the shelf. If you actually look at the shelf, it's going to be pretty fucking full by this point. Yeah, I, I think you forget how many people are out right now because there there are so many people on the roster filling in all the spots. You forget how many people are out because of injuries. Oh, for it's sure, it's happening every week. It is happening every week. So wrestling is very dangerous. You know, obviously, don't do it at home. <laughs> uh, you're right. Unless you do. Unless uh, you do, then don't tell anyone. Right. Don't tell anybody. Right. Until you're already famous. And then you can say, well, I was that guy who did it anyway. Yeah. Did anybody catch uh, the uh, the table for three yeah. on WWE Network with the Hardy Boys and Finn Balor, in which they not only all three openly discuss backyard wrestling. Yeah. But WWE Network shows the footage of all of them doing it. And not to mention the fact when the the when Edge and Christian were feuding the Hardy Boys, they constantly played footage of, of them, of, of the Hardy Boys when they were you know younger and they were doing their backyard wrestling bit. And it's like you have you have this do not try this at home <laughs> campaign disclaimer in every episode of Raw, and you're showing. See today's superstars? They also were backyard wrestlers. And like, what are you doing? But Matt Hardy, without his brother, still appearing on Raw, now working the broken Matt Hardy gimmick, but it's now being called Woken Matt Hardy. It's very different. In this program uh, that he is taking on Bray Wyatt, and they're seeing who can out-cuckoo clock one another. And uh, so far, I'm totally into it. Mm -hmm. I'm buying into it. Full, wholesale, full tilt boogie, all that. Well, Matt Hardy at uh, Madison Square Garden house show this week, he enters not to the classic Hardy Boys theme, which is, of course, not befitting of Awoken or Broken or any kind of uh, strange, Stranger Things Matt Hardy. Um, No, no. Not that music at all. He enters at Madison Square Garden to Moonlight Sonata. Beautiful. That makes me incredibly happy. Now, one thing I want to know is, uh, is this is this? Are we testing it out? What is this? Let's put it in front of the MSG audience. Let's see what you know. Let's see what New York thinks. If New York will put over Moonlight Sonata, then we can put it on Raw next week. Um, if they don't. Then we don't. Right. Or, you know, what is it? Is Matt's coming out. He's going to wrestle. He's going to actually wrestle Bray Wyatt since it's a house show. They're going to start working the program, you know, in dark matches before they put it on television. But they don't want Matt coming out to the Hardy Boys theme because it doesn't fit the character well, whatsoever. It makes sense. And also, they're not the Hardy Boys if Jeff's not there, too. But I guess WWE's sure. happy as long as Matt Hardy comes out to some sort of royalty-free music Oh, um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, the first time I heard the Hardys theme was, right? The first time you heard the Hardys. I thought you were going to say the first time you heard Moonlight Sonata, but when's the first time you that heard... Was, that was back a century ago. Um, no, first time I heard the Hardy were Boys theme... <laughs> I was. Um, was actually the... Uh, a lot of people know about this. The MTV sketch show, The State. Oh, that's right! It was actually used in a sketch for, uh, for The <laughs> State. And you know who else? The, the, another theme was also used. Uh, Crash Holly's theme was also used in the same exact sketch. Like, oh, back to back. Yeah. This is back in the early 90s, too. Okay. Who got a hold of that music? <laughs> who found that CD <laughs> of royalty-free rock he... jams and said, Oh, man, we got to start using these for our wrestlers. Is that what it was? Yeah. Oh, man. 
So like the Hardy's theme, like the the one that they're still coming out to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the one. Yeah. Wow. That's. Wow. Yeah. Uh, is that the? I think it's Bob Holly's theme. Actually, I want to clarify real quick. Ugh. What's that? I don't even know. Okay. Probably, but I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong. That's just that's how much I hate Bob Holly. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. I, I was like Crash Holly. Okay, I'm still interested. Oh, you said Bob Holly. I'm but wrong. but that's that's how I know it's royalty free. It's not like you know what Jim Jim Johnston right yeah um, made the music like he has for years and years and years. By the way, he no longer with the company. He recently left the company. That's right. Uh, yeah. which, we, which that's headline worthy, by the way. So pretend it's in the headlines. Headlines. What a scoop! The guy who does all these wrestling themes forever leaves the company. Now someone named CFO Money oh. is their new music person. Yay. What does that mean? I don't know. But, uh, so it's cool that he's coming out to this. So obviously, obviously his... in TNA, uh, his his wife uh, did the did the theme on, on piano, which is very nice. That was great. And I hope that happens again. I wonder if they're kind of iffy on bringing in uh, Rebby Hardy. Oh, yeah. Probably because she seems to be... Quite controversial, right? To say the least. Well, controversy creates cash. It does. That's the I name of a of a wrestling book. But that's that's Bischoff's book. That's not McMahon's book. Right. McMahon, I don't think really believes that. They're I think cut in the same cloth, though. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I think there's a bit of a split there on that uh, on that on that thinking on that hmm. line of thinking. But regardless, are we going to hear Moonlight Sonata on? Uh, WWE programming is it just a placeholder for the weekend is it a placeholder until they can come up with something different what is it obviously it's royalty free so that's great but how often does WWE really want to go down that path classically like looking way back you've got of course the Macho Man Randy Savage coming out to Pomp and Circumstance which all of you listeners who have graduated from anything uh, remember it as your graduation theme. Oh, I laugh. Every time I'm at a graduation <laughs> and I hear that music, I always immediately start to laugh to myself. Yeah. At my own graduation, I was like... Oh, for sure. About your bass coming out. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I was a big idiot. Uh, so. I don't think it matters if you're an idiot or not. You're going to laugh and go, oh, macho man. Right. And, of course, Daniel Bryan, still to this day, this very week on... Uh, SmackDown Live comes out to Flight of the Valkyries. So WWE is not afraid to use public domain music, classical music, call it what you will. But will they go so far as to have Matt Hardy come out in the Moonlight Sonata from here on out? We shall see. I certainly hope so. It's even better than whatever Rebby was playing on on Impact Wrestling. Uh, I, I think it's kind of a, a cool thing. And there's uh, there's that, of course, that element of familiarity. People may not know what the name of the piece is. They may not know where they know it from, but they know it. Mm-hmm. And that just adds a little... There's little... that old song. He's playing that old music. I'm a big idiot, too, just like Perry was when he graduated. Wow. Well, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how I graduated. Speaking of big idiots... Um... <laughs> A man who is frequently uh, known to say stupid idiot, mm-hmm. Chris Jericho, is going to be a major... segue. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be an interesting... Uh, an inter- he is going to be an interesting He's going to be an interesting... He's going to be an interesting major part, a huge element of the impending Wrestle Kingdom 12, which is just days away. 
And uh, this is going to be a, a spectacular show from New Japan Pro Wrestling. Chris Jericho is going to take on Kenny Omega in what is being called Alpha versus Omega, a match that went from no one knew it was going to happen just a few weeks ago to now Chris Jericho appears in Japan. He attacks uh, Kenny Omega in the ring. He bloodies him. He takes the belt. He attacks him during a press conference. He burns pictures of him. He rips up other pictures of him like he's Sinead O'Connor. And he already has... I don't think they'll all get that reference, Darren. Uh, well, that's okay if you don't if you don't know who Sinead O'Connor is and why she's ripping up pictures. Well, nothing compares to you, Darren. Google it. Okay. Yes. And on top of that, Jericho's already the new best-selling t-shirt at Hot Topic with his Alpha Club uh, t-shirt. So everybody, uh, man, cease and desist indeed. Uh, all you have to do is say something club on your shirt and you can be a millionaire. So when is the uh, the whole reference show club shirt coming out? Well, it, it would actually be like a turkey club shirt, I think. What? What we do? We, we go that way? It? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to eat our shirts. Um, all right. Maybe you won't. So Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, huge match, right? Yeah, obviously. Right. But not the main event, though. Not the main event, yeah, but yeah. this is where it's going to become problematic. The main event, for some time, has now been set as your reigning, defending... Your reign-making. Reign-making IWGP heavyweight champion, Kashka Okada, the Rainmaker taking on the leader of L.I.J., Los Ingobernables de Japón, Tetsuya Naito. That's your main event, dear listeners. Your main event of Wrestle Kingdom 12, the premier program pay-per-view coming out of Japan and New Japan Pro Wrestling. But, dun-dun-dun, New Japan has rethought the situation. They said... You know what? This Alpha versus Omega match, also main event. Not the last match. The final match of the evening is still booked to be Naito versus Okada for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. However, it is now going to share the bill, the double main event billing, with Omega and Jericho. In this Alpha versus Omega match for the IWGP United States Championship. So, a New Japan show in Japan is going to have one of its main events be a United States title right. between two Canadians. Yep. Two Gaijins, <laughs> two Gaijins fighting over a United States title is one of your main events for New Japan's premiere show. Off the bat, that is progressive. That's progressive as hell. In a in a in a world where the United States is held to this almost unreasonable standard of progressivism, where other countries are allowed to sort of do as they please in very un progressive or non progressive, if you will, fashions. Uh, here we see Japan notorious for pushing gaijins. Except in the main event, with of course rare exceptions like Hulk Hogan, Brock Lesnar, your your true monsters of the game. Right. But now New Japan's going no no no. Equal billing, equal footing here, 
And that's fine and dandy. There's probably a million people with whom this is a controversial matter. But what we're reporting here, dear listeners, is the fact that Tetsuya Naito is very, very upset about this. Well, it's definitely stealing Naito and Okada's thunder. Um, I mean, two two Canadians fighting for the U.S. belt, of course, but the main title, though, in Japan is two Japanese guys. Um, and uh, obviously Naito and, and Okada have been mainstays in New Japan for years. Um, and obviously it is it is for all the marbles. It is for that you know, IWGP title. So obviously it deserves to be the main event of New Japan, right? Wrestle Kingdom. For sure. But at the same time, you have Omega and Jericho, which everyone's talking about it. Jericho is a global name now. Chris Jericho has become pretty fucking famous. Oh, for sure. Not to mention he's put in a really good, you know, year, more or less, at WWE. Um, And also the U.S. title is still very new in New Japan. So it kind of elevates the title even more. Oh yeah, it's that hot shot. It's that new kid on the block. Well, also I love I love the titles mean a lot in New Japan. Yeah, they mean a lot. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that's very cool too. And also an Omega. I mean, fucking Omega Okada, like that. That <laughs> that was the headliner last year. Define 2017. And Omega is is one half of that equation. So I mean, he's double main event worthy. I, I get why Na- Naito's pissed because it's like, no, no, my main event. This is this is my Wrestle Kingdom, right? Because this because is... all I fucking hear is Omega Okada. No, now it is Okada Naito. Right. Um, I get that, but at the same time, you you can't deny the the cachet. That Jericho's bringing into this because Can't this deny it. this is I'm bringing WrestleMania to, to Wrestle Kingdom, but 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 you ask me, I'm gonna call it right now. Okay, this guarantees this fucking guarantees Styles Nakamura WrestleMania. That that is the return volley that McMahon is gonna do. I guarantee it. Okay, I'm excited by that. I support that. And I understand that. Does McMahon, in fact, care enough? Yeah. Does he? Yes, he cares enough. Jericho felt he had to to, to go over to Uncle Vince with his, with his tail between his legs and go, now, now Vince, I'm going to go to Japan for a little bit. And, uh, does that bother you? And I'm sure McMahon did the did the girlfriend who's pissed but pretending not to be pissed. Was like, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. No, 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 I'm not mad. I'm not, I'm not mad. Okay, I'm not mad. All right, I'm just. I need to go think for a while. I'm not mad though. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, no, it was, I'm with you. I guarantee I'm... you that was the response, and I guarantee you McMahon was mad because fuck yeah, Chris Jericho. Okay, he, fair he, enough. He felt he felt he made Chris Jericho, and now Jericho is taking that which he made over to New Japan, which is a competitor of WWE. How can McMahon not take it as like a no, what the fuck? No, you're right. You're right. The, the you're right. I mean. You're right. I don't. I don't get tired of hearing this. Uh, the reason you're even more right is because let's look at last year, uh, dear listeners. Those of you who have been with us for a long time, or at least since this time last year, you may recall that we did report that McMahon did have a distinct and uh, definitive reaction to Wrestle Kingdom 11 last year after it aired, whether he watched it or not. He heard the roar that came along with the show happening, Wrestle Kingdom 11, 
uh, in January of 2017. And he stated he would not be outdone, that WrestleMania 33 in Orlando would be bigger than Wrestle Kingdom 11. Now, yes, it, it was and, and it is. WrestleMania, unless there is some major, major, major growth of New Japan or a major fall-off of WWE, just by default, WWE is going to be bigger. It's going to be a bigger deal. Was it a better show? Maybe. Were the, were the matches uh, better from top to bottom? No way. Wrestle Kingdom 11 had so much better wrestling on it than WrestleMania 33 did. Well, it had you know, Okada, Omega so alone. That, that The bar set pretty high compared to Lesnar Goldberg. I, no, I yeah. agree. I agree. But WrestleMania 33 was, in my opinion, superior to WrestleMania 32 and 31. And so, I don't... I mean, and I thought 31 and 32 were pretty good. Um, I was at 32. Um, 31, I had to watch on, on the network. Uh, I thought those were both very good shows. I thought 33 was better. And I thought 33 was better because there was evidence in the booking and in the presentation that we really are going all out. So I'm for it. I'm for the competition. We've talked about it before. We'll talk about it again. I'm going to wind up my thought with that just by saying I'm for the competition. I hope Vince is watching. Mm -hmm. I hope Vince sees Jericho sort of acting unilaterally to take WWE to New Japan, to take American wrestling to New Japan, to connect the Western world of wrestling with the Eastern world of wrestling. Jericho, like you said, Jericho is doing that all by himself, just by being himself, by being the first ever undisputed world heavyweight champion, by being the first man to hold the WCW and WWF titles uh, at the same time, by being that global superstar and appearing at Wrestle Kingdom, it is both an olive branch and a hostile takeover and an anomaly all at once. It is Superman appearing alongside the Avengers. <laughs> you know, it is like... They don't need him. It's like, what are we looking at here? Right. And kudos to Jericho for doing that. Thumbs up to New Japan for facilitating all of this. And hell yeah, I hope McMahon gets pissed again at WrestleMania 34 in New Orleans. Is just as badass or more than WrestleMania 33 in Orlando or Wrestle Kingdom 12 or Wrestle Kingdom 11. Right. I mean, because, like I, like I said, I mean, he made Jericho. You know what I mean? Like, he was just a mid-card in WCW. He made him the first undisputed champion. Beat The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin the same night. Yada, yada, yada. That is true. So he's gonna take all that 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 superstar you know power that McMahon made you know Jericho into, and he's gonna take it over to New Japan. That's kind of like, oh yeah. Well then, hmm. You Shinsuke Nakamura, New Japan made you. Well then, guess what? You're my Jericho. Now I'm gonna say, oh look at look at what we got. He's on our side now. I don't know what I'm done. I really hope you're right. That's an exciting idea. Yeah, I I like the idea of uh, Shinsuke winning the Rumble and going on to fight oh. AJ Styles. 
Dude, of course great. I do, Darren. Of course you do. But uh, we'll see what happens. But nonetheless, Naito's not very happy. I totally understand. He doesn't want his thunder stolen. But you know what? There's one way to win, Naito. You're going to have to outshine Jericho and Omega. Um, and I, I think uh, I think you have a pretty good dance partner for that. So all, all four of those men. All four of those men are, are, are insanely talented wrestlers. I will say this. Naito and Okada have the innate upper hand of youth. I'm not saying these are very young men, but Jericho is by far the oldest of these four. Yeah. So Naito and Okada have the advantage of youth a little bit more that they could absolutely have a far superior match to Jericho and Omega. They could. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying they will. Uh, But they most definitely could. So like you said, ball's in your court, Naito. And, uh, you know, the only one way to win, and that's to to have the match that everyone talks about the next day. Exactly. And you know how else you can win? Win that match. Win that match. Naito, you beat Okada? That's all anybody's going to be talking about. Right. You you won't, but... (laughs) That day... Well, I know. But that day, they may be talking about Jericho Omega... If you win that night, they're only talking about you the next day. Absolutely. So, so anyway, but we understand your complaints, uh, Naito, but, you know. Naito, down, listen now, to the show. Down. I know you listen to it, buddy. Listen to me. Uh, it's going to be okay. Just go out there and do what you always do and make sure your eyes really wide with your fingers. Well, that at least we know will happen. We know he'll do that. Um, I love that. So great. I can't wait to Wrestle Kingdom. That's going to be fucking great. I'm excited. So you know who's going to win? We are! The fans are going to win! (laughs) Dear listeners, you're all fans too, and you're about to win some more. You're going to win every time you listen to the whole Refn show, especially when you not only get to hear the wrestle news and wrestle views of the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. When you get to hear the latest and greatest wrestle talk in the land, when you get to hear Darren Beasley and Perry Smith, but yes, also plus double plus more or William double speak. Yes. Dear listeners. When you also get to hear the sweet sounds, not of the desperado, but of special guests on the whole reference show Dear listeners, friends of the show, and we have one of those for you today. Joining us on the show today, coming back, this is his second time on the whole Reffin show, and we're not going to give you the origin story, right? We don't have to kill Uncle Ben again. No, we're going to dive in. (laughs) Thank God. Spoiler alert. Jesus Christ, (laughs) if I have to see Bruce Wayne's parents die again. You don't. Okay. We don't have to have any origin story here whatsoever. We're going to dive headfirst into a wonderful, good conversation with our dear friend, Teddy Stigma. What do you say we jump right into it, Perry? All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, dear listeners all, we are back with Teddy Stigma in tow. 
Uh, we caught up with everyone's uh, favorite worst role model, uh, Teddy Stigma. Uh, we've had him on the show before, of course. Learned a lot about Teddy Stigma. I know he's past. my favorite worst. He, role he model. is. Well, he's everyone's favorite. You're you're part of the everyone. Uh, so, Not always. Oh, fair enough. Well, uh, that's it. We got Teddy Stigma back on the show. Welcome back to the show, Teddy. Oh, well, thanks for having me. Oh. You guys, uh, I I wish. I mean, you said that you have me in tow, and uh, I wish that wasn't literal. Because um, being dragged behind cars is awful. And I wish you would stop. <laughs> well, ever since we invested in the whole Reffin Show tow truck, we have to use yeah. it for some for some purpose. we got to pay the I bills. Mean, no one's know, listening. I don't know why you got the stupid thing in the first place, but whatever. <laughs> you know, the road rash will uh, heal itself eventually. Well, we uh, we saw that episode of uh, Mr. Plow over The Simpsons one too many times and said, you know what, we need... <laughs> We need that kind of gimmick working for us. Uh, I, I want to hear your jingle. <laughs> oh, well, we'll want the right one while we're talking. <laughs> so, uh, Teddy, uh, you you were on the show, I want to say, almost a year ago. I hate that, it, I hate that it's been that long since uh, we've last spoken to you officially on the air like this, of course. Many moons. Yeah, many moons. We've seen, yeah. you, we've seen you at many fest shows since then. Uh, but uh, tell the listeners how you're doing these days. Uh, well, um, I, w- I was thinking about that too. Actually, my girlfriend just asked me. She's like, you know, asked me about like the podcast and stuff. And I was like, I think it's been like a year since I've talked to them on on the podcast. So yeah, I didn't. I'm not good at time, and I don't realize that it goes past. So uh, yeah, it's been <laughs> a year. And in that year, uh, I guess. I, I, I would say a lot has changed, but it's kind of been stagnant um, with me. Uh, I don't know why, but wrestlers always like to break things down in, into years. Um, so they're like, you know, 2016 is my breakout year, and then that doesn't happen. And they're like, 2017 is my breakout year, and then you know, so on and so forth. But, <laughs> so it uh, makes for yeah. a really confusing Wikipedia entry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for sure. Yes, but yeah. So, 2017 was uh, not my breakout year. Oh, uh, it was. It was meant to be. I could have. I could have unironically posted that uh, whenever I had my tryout in February of 2017. Um, and just a quick recap there. Uh, the the big funny story was that uh, I was that one guy at the tryout that had to go getting injured, and uh, I busted my knee. I twisted it, uh, doing a really mundane drill, and um, basically, I'll run through the story as quickly as I can. Um, Everybody at the performance center, and these are like good trainers and stuff, and they all wiggled my leg around, and they were like, oh, it's your MCL, you know, and they were just kind of saying that based on the way I fell and, you know, the little tests that they did and stuff. And, uh, and they recommended that I wouldn't need to get an MRI because, um, you know, with an MCL, uh, you just got to rehab it and, and you're good to go. Right. So I was like, cool, six weeks, I'll be back. Um, and then I went to a uh, doctor really close to my house, mainly because um, I didn't know the doctor. Uh, it was a chiropractor's office, and I was like, no, I have nothing against chiropractors for the record. But, uh, you know, I just kind of <laughs> picked it. Because I was like, I just want to get a referral to get this MRI done. I go there. The guy was really good. He knows his stuff. He wiggles my leg around and says, oh, it's definitely your MCL. Just do some rehab. Let it rest. You know, do some rehab. And then I went and did physical therapy. They said the same thing. I went to another doctor. 
they said the same thing. Uh, and so all of this happens over the course of several months. And uh, like I said, I'm not good at tracking time, so I don't even realize it when like eight months have gone by. And I was wrestling through all this time, but just kind of like tweaking my knee in basically every match I was having. Yeah. Um, and uh, and just thinking like, well, you know, I just got to stick with the rehab. And, you know, and I would take periods where I would not do any physical therapy and just let it rest and try to let that swelling go down and get my range of motion back. And it just was like this really slow recovery. And I couldn't figure out why because I was doing all the right steps. The only step I hadn't taken naively was not going and getting the damn MRI. Um, so eventually, just for kind of peace of mind, I figured I'd bite the bullet, go get the MRI. Uh, with my insurance, it wasn't too expensive or anything. And uh, sure enough, the MRI comes through and they're like, oh, yeah, your ACL is partially torn, uh, as well as your MCL is being you know messed up. Um, so that was heartbreaking. So then uh, I get to the point where I'm like, okay, well, um, basically everyone's telling me now, like, you got to get surgery. I started going to, like, a really good physical therapist, and they were like, yeah, you, you know, who's, like, known for training bodybuilders and sports people and stuff like that and you know he told me i'd probably have to get surgery so the medical system being the way it is all the red tape and everything you know i got to go and get a primary care physician which i didn't have and you know do in order to do that i got to wait you know four weeks for an appointment and then i gotta uh you know get the referral from them to see the orthopedic and i gotta wait another several weeks for that appointment so yeah you know it was the whole thing so, like, more months go by uh, just waiting for doctor's appointments, essentially. And um, I got real optimistic and started thinking that I was going to get my knee surgery in, like, December. And uh, now it looks like I'm not getting knee surgery until February. So that's kind of where I am right now. I'm just waiting to get knee surgery. I canceled all my bookings thinking that I was going to have the surgery way earlier. It turns out I could have just continued wrestling with my busted knee uh, anyway, which I would have done. But, um, you know, <laughs> uh, the doctors didn't think that was a good idea, but, you know. Right. Well, I mean, it's it, it's you can't fault yourself too much for not getting the MRI sooner. Uh, if you have all these professionals, and, you know, I'll, I'll say the, the first ones that you saw, the Performance Center... Um, and for those who don't know exactly what the tryout was for, if you didn't listen to the first interview we had with Teddy, uh, it was an NXT tryout, uh, which he did injure himself at. And uh, I guess the, the physicians there said, oh, definitely, definitely this and not that. And, and they've seen every kind of injury under the sun, I imagine. And they're like, oh, definitely this. You see, some, you see a chiropractor. Oh, definitely this. Everyone agrees with you. It's kind of like, well, I'm not going to waste time and money on an MRI. And then, but sadly, you know, obviously, <laughs> at the end of the right. day, that's 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 bad. But again, you can't don't be too mad at yourself for that one. But of course, the time frame, I mean, that that's that's no good. The way sure, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. But uh, right, so you know, so here we are, and um, yeah, not being on fest has been pretty lame. Uh, I wasn't on the pickle in the tree match, and I I called Tony, and I was like, dude. I can do that match because I haven't gotten the surgery yet. But, um, you know, as far as he knew, my last match was um, the Wildman Cup. Sure, so sure. I know I know you guys were a little disappointed that I didn't come away with the win. Oh, so here's a little, uh, little, I was insider, little, little insider info for you guys. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the whole story behind that was I was supposed to win 
the Wildman Cup and go on to wrestle Sue, which would have been the coolest match ever. And um, it would have been pretty incredible. Yeah, and that's why that match looked like I was going to win. Like I was the first person in there. I'm overcoming all the odds, you know, fighting back against Awaken uh, and uh, almost uh, knocking Wolf Taylor's eyeball out. And um, <laughs> which he totally deserved. Sorry, Wolf. Oh. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so um, and, and and but because you know that was going to be my last match, they're so like, well, we can't give you the number one contender spot because you're not going to be able to wrestle at the next show. Right blah 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 so that's why we kind of made that audible like sort of last minute and just being like well you know we're gonna have beastly win it instead so that's why i you know fought hard through that whole match and looked like i was gonna win and then just kind of last minute it's like oh nope there goes teddy and then and then beast won so I know, that's kind of how that all panned out god that was particularly heartbreaking because of the setup it's like mm-hmm. because you did i mean you you dragged all of us all the way through that whole thing emotionally and then oh right. no he's eliminated and uh right that's like oh which, damn which at the same time you know i know it was heartbreaking and everything but uh, you know at the same time like ha i got you sons of bitches didn't i and, True. and, 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 and that, that's exactly what you said to me on twitter when i was like why didn't you win that match you were like aha i fooled you and i was like you can't fool me i'm a i'm a wrestling podcaster nothing gets past me um, yeah, yeah. But no, story storyline wise, that match was was shaping up, and I mean, it got about halfway through because PBR Wildman Cup is, was like twenty people. Uh, I don't remember mm-hmm. the exact number anymore, but and I remember we were watching it, you know, at uh, We Are Family, and I, I turned to Darren and I was like, I think Sigma's got this, and uh, obviously, whenever you're in a match, I'm gonna be rooting for you because I'm a big fan of yours. Um, oh. And then it, then it comes down to basically the first four or five people who are in it are the last five that are still in it at the very end. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah. it's stigma all day, stigma all day. And then you get, like, powerbombed into a sack full of bottle caps and thrown out. And like I said in the review for uh, the show, I was like, you could audibly hear me go, no! <laughs> and, like, some people were, like, laughing at me. <laughs> yeah. I'm invested, you jerks. So, so that was you that I heard. All right. Uh, no. <laughs> well, no, there was a, oh, I don't know if it was the same one, but no, some, uh, a girl did come up to me. It was her first wrestling show, period. And, uh, wow. was, I, I think may have been more disappointed than you guys that I, that I lost because <laughs> she was like super pumped and yeah, it was just like, God, you're so cool with your hair. You're like a superhero in there. I can't believe you lost. <laughs> blah, blah. She's like, you're my, this is my first wrestling show ever. And you're my favorite wrestler now. That was oh, me, Teddy. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, right. No, no. Uh, no, see you have fans. See, first time at a show and she's like this guy. This guy's I going know. over the PBR. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, well, you went I over the one top person rope. over, so you know. <laughs> Man, well, that, that I mean, that was a great. Uh, at least that was a great uh, farewell match, you know, for now. Because um, I mean, that was a long match, and you got a lot of action in there, and a lot of a lot of uh, I guess screen time, more or less. Um, because yeah. the, the matches before that, not as much for you, because you were kind of nursing that injury. So it was great to see yeah. you back at what we thought was 100% was actually about, you know, 90, 80%. You look good out there. Um, oh, no, it was like 50%. <laughs> <laughs> you should see these MRIs. Jeez. Yes. So I kind of like, I, I was trying to like explain what it would 
what it's supposed to look like. Like the the ligament is supposed to be this nice straight line, like a like a forward slash, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, it looks like somebody just like put it in the microwave and it melted, and oh. it's just kind of like a it's like a sloppy grilled cheese sandwich now. Oh so, my uh, god! It's kind of what it looks. It's not it's not torn completely through, but it's partial and it's just kind of sitting in there all loose and wobbly. Not, so, e- uh, yeah, yeah, no not even like a crisp grilled cheese sandwich. A <laughs> <laughs> grilled cheese no, that someone no, fucked up. A sloppy one. It's the good kind, man. Like when you cut it open and it like and you pull it apart and it's like like a commercial and all the cheese like oozes out. <laughs> Great for a grilled cheese, not for a not for a ligament. Not yeah. for a ligament. I was about no to say way. we should maybe use a different example because this sounds appealing <laughs> and I'm sure what your injury is is not appealing at all. <laughs> yeah. So the ACL is, is dinged up. Uh, well, that's to put it lightly. Um, apparently, my uh, meniscus, the one thing they didn't notice the first time through on the MRI that the new doctor looked at and saw, uh, my meniscus has got a little something wrong with it. They're hard, it's hard to tell on the MRI, so when they go in there and surgery, they're going to look at that. They'll probably have to like scrape away some of the fibers in there. And then uh, the meniscus is a funny one because they can't really replace that. Like They just leave it. So, so that's just going to be partially there forever. And then my MCL had a bunch of scar tissue on it. So, you know, my physical therapy did work. It healed the MCL like it was supposed to do. But uh, but it, it still might even be a little loose. And they mentioned putting, like, a screw in there uh, to, I don't know, hold it in place. Whoa. I'm no doctor. So, yeah, that's so that might happen, too. So, yeah. Man. So I got all kinds of funny stuff going on in there. Ooh, and as an added bonus... I was told that my kneecaps uh, trace to the outside. So, like, when I bend my knees, my kneecaps are too far to the outside of my knee. And uh, and sure enough, I, like, went home and I, I grabbed my girlfriend. I was like, let's compare knees. And I was like, yeah, mine are definitely not supposed to look like that. And uh, uh, so I asked the doctor, I was like, so what does that mean? And she's like, well, um, you'll just have to get knee replacements. And I was like, oh, cool. I can't wait. So, oh, my God. So yeah. yeah. Looking Whoa. forward to that in the future. <laughs> well, uh, that's 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 horrible. Yeah, don't check out <laughs> Kevin Nash's Instagram feed because it's kind of mm. it might scare you a little bit. Oh, the knee replacement yeah. surgeries and stuff. Yeah, um, man. So, so to answer your question, uh, healthy. I'm doing very healthy. That's great. <laughs> well, 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 Hashtag 2018 breakout year. Breakout year, Teddy. Oh, we can't wait for it. Fire up your Wikipedia. So, okay, so hopefully surgery in February. What kind of recovery time we're looking at? Six to nine months before I can get back to, like, being, I guess, in the ring, like, uh, yeah, I don't know if it's going to be six or, or nine months, but, uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. Hashtag 2018.5. Yeah. Breakout, ha- breakout half a year. I don't know. Hey, so, yeah. it works. It works. Hey, there, there's, more than, a, yeah, there's <laughs> more than nine months in a There's more than nine months in a year, so you'll have some time to jump in there. Um, yeah. Man, that, that, that's that's rough, bud. Um but I mean, it, it's got to be done, right? I mean, it, it's all necessary. Yeah. You need to be a hundred percent, and uh, it's it's sadly going to take a lot of time for it to happen. But once it does, it'll be like it never left. Well, yeah, and like I mean, my my options were basically like I could keep going to this like really good physical therapy guy who would, you know, we'd work on like building up the muscles just around my knee to kind of do the job of the ACL instead of the ACL. 
Um, but if I ever want another tryout, like I can't have the liability of a, of a, like they would, they would not even let me in the door if sure. I had a torn ACL. So really, you know, my goal is to just get in there and get another tryout and then, um, you know, work for NXT for a while and build up a small social media following and then get fired and then hopefully make some money on the indies like everybody else. <laughs> no, we, we've talked about that. Several people have kind of done that where they've, they've, that they floundered at NXT but and they get fired, but it doesn't matter because well, now you have NXT on your resume, so you can get right. booked anywhere in the indies. Hey, I, I don't set my goals too high. I just want to flounder in NXT. That's all I'm going for. That's <laughs> smart, man. You just want that on your resume. That's it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> A lot of local Florida house shows, and you can sleep in your bed every night, and then... Uh, right. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So and then next thing you know, you're ROH world champion. That's <laughs> Ooh, you called out Cody Rhodes just now. Cody Rhodes a little more than floundered in NXT, to be fair. <laughs> I, I, will, I will say that. But, I mean, better than that. Well, that I mean, but yeah, I mean, um, well, first of all, I, I, th- I definitely think you have what it takes to make it to NXT uh, and beyond WWE. Uh, they'd, they'd be uh, happy to have you. You've got the size and the ability and you've got charisma. I think you have a really unique look. You don't look like anyone else on the roster. Mm-hmm. And hopefully they don't hire anyone who looks like you between now and, and the end of the year. <laughs> but um, For the last, I don't know, 11 years, I've like had my fingers crossed. And like every time anybody gets signed that looks even remotely like me, like I just I deflate. You know, like first it was like, I don't know when Heath, when, uh, Heath Slater got signed. But man, you know how much I had to deal with people being like, you look like Heath Slater. Oh, and, no. And like, because I don't look anything like him other than like kind like similar colored hair. Exactly. And There's no resemblance. I, I don't even want to go into the um, the uh, subjugation that people with red hair face in our society. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, yeah, we we all look the same. We all look the same. People with red hair. So then, like, and then came Seamus. And then it's like, you look like Seamus. And I'm like, come on, man. The guy's got like a mohawk and my hair is down to the middle of my back. Like, where do you even get that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and my skin is, isn't the color of mayonnaise. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's, <laughs> it's not mine. Your, your, your so, skin's yeah, kind of a know. Chipotle mayonnaise. Uh... <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Look. I got a tinge. I got a. I got a tinge of color. Yeah, yeah. Tinge. Those little red flecks. They're they're called freckles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah. So yeah. But anyway, that's that's been the pretty much the story of my career. Is just fingers crossed that like nobody else with like my kind of similar look gets signed, and then you know, and then they uh, again. You know, if you ask me, they haven't. But, like, if you ask kind of average, I, I've legit been at indie shows and, like, had little kids come up and call me Heath Slater. Whoa. Then, wow. Yeah. They're like, can I get your autographed Heath Slater? And I'm like, <laughs> all right. So I signed Heath Slater on a on a 8 by 10 of myself. Wow. That is, <laughs> maybe that they is meant, bizarre. Maybe they meant Christian Slater. Uh <laughs> Yeah, you you no, probably somehow know. actually look more like Christian Slater than Heath Slater. I really don't understand that. <laughs> we loved you and Heather, I, sir. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think Christian Slater would be doing better for, than himself or for himself by now than like wrestling in front of 150 people. But, uh, <laughs> nah, you, man. you would think. You would think. <laughs> um, Went from Batman to uh, becoming an indie wrestler. Anyway, go on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say that... Um, you know, comparisons to Heath Slater and Sheamus 
aside, um, one thing that I can say that I, I've said from the very beginning, I, I literally said it from the very beginning, the first time that uh, Perry and I saw you in action, which was at Pickle in the Tree, uh, one at Curia on the Dragon Gainesville last December for Fast Wrestling. 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, that one year that seems like 30 years ago. And on that night, I mean, there were people on that card that I knew. There were people on that card that I did not know. And yet, we we left Gainesville that night going like, that dude Teddy Stigma is a wrestler. Like, that dude is the embodiment of a wrestler. He he stands out from the pack. He's got the he's got the build, the attitude, the presence, and uh, he's willing to fall twenty feet off of ladders. And that yeah, willingness I mean, to fall is important. I mean, don't you know, lie, guys. That's what you remembered. It's true. It's true. <laughs> oh, and holy shit, he went through two tables. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he threw that poor guy off a bus. Yeah, man. Um, but. Honestly, all of that, even yeah, even the table spot and the bus spot, like all of it combined, we left. You know, we we didn't confuse you with Heath Slater, but <laughs> and Heath Slater was there. But we did know, like we you know, we went into the night going, "Who the hell is this guy?" And we walk out that night going, "I don't care who the hell he is. I need to see more of him." Yeah, and so well, that's why we were so stoked to have you on the show the first time. Yeah, I mean, when I, we were so glad that you were you were willing to come on the show, and uh, obviously, why we're stoked to have you back, even though it's been a year. And, and on top of that, I, I will say also appreciate that you were just like, "Yeah, let's do it like tomorrow. Let, let's do the interview tomorrow," instead of like, "Yeah, I don't sure." Have a lot going on right now. Uh, <laughs> but this is no, I'm not I mean, well, not not just this one. The very first interview. I mean, you didn't really know oh, okay. us, you know, and uh, you were still in action. You were very busy. And it was like, hey, we'd love to have you on the show. We talk about you on our our, our show, and you were just like, yeah, man, like let's do it like tomorrow. So I, I appreciate I appreciate that. A real uh, fly by the seat of my pants kind of guy. We like it. We dig it. <laughs> so for a guy that flies by the seat of his pants, you got some time off right now. What what are you doing to fill your time? Uh, well, um, I. I have just like a day job that I work like 20 hours a week to pay my basic bills. Uh, and, um, other than that, you know, like I've been thinking a lot about like post-surgery, like I'm just going to be sitting around and, uh, I don't know, like I got to do something with myself. Um, do you happen to remember a tweet from earlier today where I made a tiny little hand out of clay? I do. Oh, thank you for mentioning that. (laughs) So, so, I'm obsessed with making tiny little things out of anything. Uh, and so, um, I don't know. Like, I was like, man, like, what if I, like, opened up some kind of internet shop? Like, there's got to be a market for tiny little things. And I'm going to, I'm going to try to hit that market. I think that's what I'm going to do when I'm, when I'm in my downtime. I'm not going to use any wrestling notoriety because I don't have much of it. So, like, I'm just going to start from scratch and be like, hey, I'm a guy that makes tiny little things. Do you want one? <laughs> I don't know. Do you want a tiny know, little clay hand? Yeah. <laughs> oh what, man, what's that? Do, do you want a tiny clay little hand? I I'm yeah. not Teddy Stigma. I am <laughs> Billy Youngnuts. <laughs> I'm Heath Slater. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Heath Slater. <laughs> tiny little things by Heath Slater. You use his notoriety, Teddy. <laughs> oh man, 
Yeah, but don't expect the second tiny little hand to match it because that took me like two hours and I don't <laughs> want to go through that again. These are handcrafted so tiny little hands. Tiny little hands. <laughs> <laughs> these huge hands craft these tiny little hands. Well, see, that's worth mentioning is that like I took that picture and I, I posted it to Twitter and I was thinking about it, and I actually posted another one to Instagram shortly afterwards where I put a, a lighter, just like a standard size big lighter next to the, the hand. And, like, because my big clunky fingers don't really do it justice. Um, so, like, you don't really get an idea. But, like, next to that lighter, it's it's so little. Like, even I was surprised that I made something so small with my big clunky fingers. Because, uh, you know, I don't, uh, like, my regular job, like, I, I work outside and I, like, pick stuff up and I'm, like you know i don't know cut my hands on things so i have like you know the hands of someone that works outside you know i'm not like a computer programmer or something yeah. uh not that there's anything wrong i was about to say easy stigma hand. easy a lot of right. computer programmer <laughs> listeners out there <laughs> that's our main audience teddy uh, <laughs> you're ruining this teddy you're ruining this for us i'm not saying there's anything wrong with computer programmers but they can't carve tiny little things damn it they can't i mean well if anything they're more capable of it so i i have defied the odds all right <laughs> by having you're a true innovator yes clunky sausage fingers and, and making tiny little things out of them i'm, anyway. I'm starting to think you don't like yourself teddy you're really you're really putting your hands down <laughs> No, I am I'm, I'm happy with my clunky hands. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> that, 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 yeah, that's all the better for punching Wolf Taylor in the eye with. Oh, there you go. Very nice. I, I yeah, do want to see you. I do want to see you come back and exact some revenge on on Awaken. Um, in the meantime, it'd be kind of cool. I mean, obviously, you'll be able to be out and about and walk around, you know, for a while before you actually wrestle. I wouldn't mind seeing you ringside like a Mister Perfect. Like you, you could you could maybe manage someone and just kind of be a presence around the ring. Like maybe maybe Serpentico, who was on the show recently, who had some some good things to say about you. Maybe you can manage Serpentico for a while. Uh, manage Serpentico. I can't imagine me as a manager. Although I had talked to Tony a little bit about it, I might do some like guest commentary or something along those lines. Uh, we're definitely going to try to keep me relevant. So um, yeah, I don't know exactly how yet. Maybe I'll just come out and just talk or uh, you know. Again, the guest comment. I think I would love doing commentary. I've never done it before, so like I don't know, something to add to the old resume. And uh, yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. I haven't. Uh, I haven't really been in talks with other promoters about uh, doing non wrestling things. Um, so I'm really just hoping to kind of keep some kind of internet presence. But if I'm being honest, like if I'm not actively wrestling, like I don't even see the point of being on this stupid internet <laughs> you get uh, kind of yeah I, I, I understand that like, you, you get kind of bummed out I guess because because that is who you are it's like you know I'm I'm Michelangelo but I'm not gonna sculpt anymore for a while and <laughs> right it's like I, I think the only reason I I do anything is because of wrestling like I was thinking about it like like I have long hair because of wrestling I was like damn I could cut my hair <laughs> It'll grow back by the time I wrestle again, so like maybe I'll just do it. Like I don't know. I've been terrified of cutting my hair, but now I'm like, shoot, what? Maybe I'll just give it a try. Like all this stuff I've been thinking about. I was like, yeah, like the only reason I post stuff on the internet, other than just to have an outlet for my pithy nonsense, is to like make people remember that I exist. I don't know. That's all wrestling is now. Sorry, I don't want to sound too 
grim about wrestling, but it's mostly just having an internet presence, you know? Uh, everything is. So, oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. that. But, you know, you so say that. So not wrestling, like, why, like, I don't know. It's going to be, it's going to be hard to, like, be on the internet and not be posting about shows coming up, you know, and stuff like that. Like, I, like I, it's, it seems all in vain if I'm not actually doing any wrestling, but I'll, I'll figure it out. No, I think that you will, but uh, you're absolutely right. And that's an interesting point. The idea of, uh, I guess it, it is essentially the another way of saying living the gimmick. Is Professional wrestling is such a different uh, creature. It's such a different profession for people to be in where you have to live the gimmick to, to one extent or another. Uh, and it requires that you, you know, maintain your long hair. Or that you, you know, the, the people who have bleached their hair for 50 years. Right, right, right. right. And it's yeah. like, you can't, you can't not do it. It's character assassination. Right, well, for, for you, right. though, it's a bit different. It's not like, it's not like you're, you know, Beastly or Sue Young, who have this, this clear alter ego, and then, like, they can go just kind of be normal. I mean, I, I, I think... The Teddy Sigma we get out on the uh, you know out in the ring is is basically who you are every day, right? All day, every day. Uh, yeah, all day, every day. I'm just chugging whiskey out of a bottle, <laughs> My, uh, minus the whiskey drinking. <laughs> no, I mean for the most part, like that's for the last couple of years, like doing this kind of version of myself in the ring, like that's what I've been really comfortable with it because yeah, I just kind of go out and like goof around and like rib people and you know i can do stuff like if i tumble out of the ring i can like make a joke to a fan at ringside whereas like with gimmicks in the past i was i was so aware of and like just just constantly cognizant of like what would my character say and now that my character is closer to me then yeah i can just kind of say whatever i want and and it's probably gonna still fit and so at the you know and then as far as like the internet goes I can feel more comfortable with just saying stupid stuff or like talking about the Simpsons and then trusting that anybody looking at it from a fan's perspective is like, well, that's what Teddy Stigma would say, you know, <laughs> right. even if I'm not exactly being Teddy Stigma. So yeah, totally. Well, I, I kind of see that in the ring though. I mean, cause you, you are, you can be a goofball in the ring, but I mean, your, your size alone makes you a credible threat regardless of how you're actually acting in the ring. Um, and you, you made me laugh pretty loudly um, at uh, We Are Family during the, the Wild Man Cup when uh, someone's supposed to come out and they don't. But oh, their, their music yeah. hits, their music hits, and special ring announcer Chris Gethard um, announces yeah. them, and you're like doing the, like, the, the cut like with your hand and your throat, going like, no, 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 next, 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 next. And it's like, it's funny because Teddy Stigma's the voice of reason, and he, he should be the last person who's the voice of reason. Yeah, and that was the funny thing. So, like, huh. so what you saw was a brief moment of me feeling, like, a little guilty. I don't know why the, I thought it fell on me so much, but um, the guy that was supposed to be there, he's called the Vegan Superman. I don't know a whole lot about him other than I assume he's a vegan. Uh, and so, <laughs> Likely. Like, and, um, Maybe he's the Vegan so, Supper Man. <laughs> did I read it wrong? Uh, yeah, so... So obviously he's like he's on the card, you know. We know he's supposed to be there and everything, and uh, it's coming up to showtime, and we're like kind of doing this roll call of all the 500 people in that match, and we're like, "Where's Vegan Superman?" And at, it, 
the memo never got sent to the guys at ringside that vegan Superman wasn't there to the sound guys or anything. So here we are all in the ring and uh, doing our thing. And then like the vegan Superman music plays and they announced him. The crowd kind of popped a little bit because that crowd would just be excited about somebody who's a vegan. Sure. And, uh, <laughs> and so nothing against vegans or that crowd. <laughs> a lot of caveats in this episode. You really <laughs> are, really are. A lot of disclaimers on this one. <laughs> um, cut out all the disparaging things I've said. Uh, now then you won't really have an interview. Well, anyway, <laughs> It'll so. be a short interview. <laughs> hey, uh, Teddy. Goodbye, vegans, Teddy. <laughs> <laughs> vegans are great. Anyway, so... Unless the, they're computer uh, so they programmers. Have, <laughs> yeah, unless they have dainty hands and they can get, get the fuck out. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so so they announced the guy's name. Uh, people are like, "That sounds cool," and then I was like, "Oh shit!" Like I never t- like I, I blamed myself. I was like, "I never told anybody that he's not here." And then I was like, "Wait, there's like 30 other people in this match. Why didn't they tell anybody they wasn't here?" <laughs> so so that's when I just kind of calmed down and I was like, "Well, whatever. He's not here. This is awkward. Let's just bask in how <laughs> weird this is <laughs> while this guy's music is playing." And uh, and yeah, that's when I said whatever it is I said to uh, Chris Gethard. I can't even remember now. Um, and we could have all been fooled. I mean, there's a, we know what Superman's powers are. We don't know what vegan Superman's <laughs> powers are. It might include invisibility. Hey, I, <laughs> I was excited to see it, as excited to see it as anybody else was. I was legitimately curious um, what, what the vegan Superman would bring to the table. Uh, other than like Tofurky, right? <laughs> nice. Yeah, that, was, yeah, that was good. That was good. Oh, I remembered my joke now. I said because uh, uh, the, so the, they're all sitting there. The, Chris Gethard's at ringside, and I look over, and I don't, you guys were pretty close. I don't know if you heard me, but I was like, he uh, he ate meat, and then he died. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So Chris Gethard is like, uh, I've just been informed that the vegan Superman ate. Meet and die. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very nice. Oh, God. Yeah. And then that just elicited an overall, uh, I don't know, vapid response from the audience. <laughs> anyway, so I, I enjoyed that whole situation. That was probably my favorite part of that match. <laughs> well, that, that was, I mean, it was a really fun match anyway, because there was a lot of uh, Fest favorites, but also, like, people that you really hadn't seen since maybe the last PBR Wildman. Um, there were just yeah. kind of random people, like va- Vacation Jason and the Abominable yeah. CPA, which was hilarious. Um, so oh, yeah, it, it was, was great. And it, it's also like, it's it's probably the biggest audience Fest Wrestling has. Um, at, like at this point, I've never seen eight seconds that, that packed, because, you know, Fest yeah. is going on simultaneously. It's still going on outside. Um, so it's half Fest Wrestling fans and half people right. who just wandered in from Fest. So it's it's a bunch of people who love the wrestling and a bunch of people who don't know anything about wrestling and everyone's drinking and having a good time. So basically, yeah. you, you could have said anyone was coming out and it would have been like, Hoo-ah! so <laughs> <laughs> Right, right, right. Yeah. But uh, it was... Uh, no, that's totally true. A lot of people like become wrestling fans by going to that show, which I think is awesome. And that's one market that like fest is able to hit that like other guys wouldn't necessarily be able to i know absolutely where where darren and i were standing we heard several people like audibly say like this is really good or like this is awesome like 99.9999 very you know percent very respectful you know people of what's going on really enjoying the show and everyone's performances and and that's awesome and i think those people the ones that keep coming back for sure 
right on. Awesome. Let's hope so, anyway. Oh, for sure. No, I, I agree with Perry. That they, they come in, I mean, because you even hear, also, you hear that sort of, what the hell am I looking at? I heard but, that also a couple times. <laughs> but then, 20 minutes later, what the hell they're looking at, they're still looking at it. And then, they're at the next show. And, and yeah. it's like you said, what fest, the, the audience that fest is able to tap into because it has like these multi-layered appeal. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that's how indie wrestling is supposed to work. And what I think it's missing a lot is like, I don't know what to call it. The thing where <laughs> I guess good wrestling is it because it's what you want people who have never been to your show, who just happen to come to it, that think it's good enough that they want to come to the next show and, you know, look you up on the internet, see when your next show is, or if you're if you're smart about your promoting, you hand out flyers for your next show at that show, and then they bring their friends, you right. know, and, and so that's the whole thing. That's how you, like, increase your audience size, is, like, making a show that's good enough that people don't just want to come back, but they want to come back and bring their friends and show their friends how cool it is. Right, and we actually and, uh, have uh, yeah. friends who are listeners who who actually started coming to fest shows and bringing their like their friends and family because um, yeah. fest really has that appeal where i think you go to it the first time and you're like man i'm like drinking with my buds and watching this really kick-ass wrestling show like how could i not do this like once every couple months right 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 totally. and I, i'll tell you one of the most entertaining things for me to watch at uh pickle in the tree 2 was the girl that they had selling PBR because it's still real to her, damn it. <laughs> oh. This girl, she popped at every single worked punch. She popped at every back bump. This girl bought it hook, line, and sinker, and it made me so happy to see this girl like have the time of her life. Like It's the first wrestling show she's ever seen. Yeah, Leon Scott and Beastly have it out before like before the show even starts or during intermission because they're out selling merchandise and they start fighting and she freaks out and like looks around to like for security. She's trying to find her boss and she's like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> and, and you forget. Oh, you, that you, makes me happy to hear. Yeah, exactly. No, you, you forget there are people like that who don't who don't know. And, and and when you can fool like if you can fool someone every single time, that's the coolest thing in the world, right? I mean, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And I, I mean, I know I know the argument has been made uh, a million times, but I, I stand by it. You know, you when you go watch a movie, you let yourself believe it. You get wrapped up in it. You know, and, For sure. and and you you cheer on the movie, and everybody knows that there's actors and producers and many more layers of production than than most wrestling especially indie wrestling uh but you still watch it and you enjoy it and you, and you have fun and if there's a really terrible actor then it brings you out of the moment and the same thing as with a wrestling show if there's like a a spot that looks uh totally fake or something like that like that's going to bring fans out of the moment so the key is to have a overall quality wrestling show that um you know, that, well, ideally that just doesn't happen. It almost always does at some point, but whatever. But, you know, some people aren't as good at wrestling and some people are new and that's fine. Everybody learns. But like, you know, the, ideally you create a product where people just get so wrapped up in it and that even when there is a miscalculation or something like that, it's completely overshadowed by all the positives. And, uh, you know, and that's sort of the old like ECW mentality of just like, 
accentuate the positives. So if you can if you can create something that is as a whole a very solid product and to the point that if there are missteps or if there are negatives that those are just completely overlooked, then you've got yourself a winning brand. Um, so you know, I would like I, I would like to think Fest so far has been that, and I would also like to think that uh, I'm one of the guys that uh, doesn't uh, make wrestling look like shit. So, <laughs> well, hey, listen, I'm not trying to blow smoke up your ass, but you are one of those guys who makes wrestling not look like shit. Uh, I'll take it. I mean, <laughs> the, talking about that hook, talking about that believability. The fact that you, you have to do it, the, in order to hook somebody and make it believable, the number one thing you have to do is engage them. You have to reach them or touch them in such a way that they feel involved, they feel compelled to want more. They have to care. It, it's just like right. a movie, they have to care about the characters. And when you're coming right. through the crowd, and you've got your bottle of whiskey, and you may even share a sip, and then you look to the crowd at the opportune moments, and you're kicking some dude's ass or some girl's ass in the ring. It it's it's completely engaging. And, and yes, well, you do that very my well. Ass kicked and looking out at the crowd. <laughs> there, there you go. Exactly. Or making excuses uh, for being Superman. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever it is, you've always been like a really excellent uh, wrestler to watch. Totally believable totally engaging um i it, it, you know such as life and such as wrestling that you you're going have this unfortunate sabbatical right now but just like with any injury that has a definite uh like solution a way to heal it you will come back not only as good but probably better that knee's going to be stronger in a way yeah totally and and uh i might even have a new hairstyle Oh uh, shit! Uh oh! Uh oh! Just ah, just the, uh, okay. <laughs> no, you tease this new hairstyle, Teddy. Now the, the fans are going to want it. Um, but at least all that time, you know, sitting around, as you say, uh, while you're creating tiny little things, you can also get you can, you can also get a lot of good Simpsons watching in there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, well, uh, I've got. Uh, Many of the first uh, ten seasons on DVD, I'll probably expand my selection because I've watched those episodes. Well, uh, my girlfriend will tell you how often I watch those episodes because <laughs> uh, you know I get I get hit in the head a lot, you know. And um, and I the cool thing about that is that uh, you forget and then you get to watch the episode again and it's like a whole new episode. <laughs> and, you, you you always forget who shot but, Mr. Burns, don't you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, wait. It was the baby? It was Waylon Smithers, wasn't it? I, it's got to be Waylon Smithers. Uh, uh, well, you, you, said you, have, you said you have one through ten. That's exactly the ones that I have. And let me tell you, that's it. That That is it. The, uh, yeah. The show was done I mean, after I, that point. So, so yeah, and, and, and it's it's the common uh, belief that, like, that's when it started going downhill. And I hate to be one of those guys, you know? But it's like I've tried watching new episodes, and, no. and it just doesn't feel right, you it's know. And not. it's like, but but it's okay that like, of course they're different. It's different. It's an entirely different generation of writers. It's like four generations later of writers. You know, they're constantly cycling through. Um, and and I think the big thing with me with with Simpsons was that like because I was so obsessed when I was younger, and then basically just kept watching those same episodes over and over again. Uh, 
going from seeing like season 10 or maybe even like 11 or 12 and then jumping ahead to like 28 it's just such a hard turn and maybe if i had watched every single season every episode as they came out then like i wouldn't have noticed that transition as much you know what i mean right but like for me because i talk to friends who like think i'm just this pompous asshole for only liking the first 10 seasons and i probably am but like (laughs) my excuse is i just didn't i didn't watch all those other seasons as they came out and and so like it's just seeing a, a a recent episode is like a slap in the face. It's too much, man. It's no. like no, they they shouldn't have iPads. I I'm, don't like it. I don't I'm, like I'm, it. <laughs> I'm with you on that, man. I don't think Simpsons has been good for a very long time. Like I said, one through ten's kind of it for me. But the thing is, like Simpsons is so good, especially between like seasons like three through I'd say like 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 seasons like three through eight or nine are just on fire with like hilarity. Yeah. Um, oh man, I'm, I'm 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 on season three right now, just going back through them. Oh and, my god, uh, so good, dude! I mean, that's that's when they hit their stride, man. It's so good, absolutely, like, absolutely. It, it's still it's still a show where like Homer is still trying to be like a family man, you know. And I think like in the later seasons, it's just Homer's just an idiot, right? And, right. And like that's his whole shtick is that he's just dumb. But at least, like in the first seasons, like he's trying to like hold things together. He just sucks at it, and that's what's like. That's what's so intriguing about it, and it seemed like all the writers were kind of on the same page with how they wrote the episodes and everything. Um, so uh, yeah, yeah. At, at some point, everything kind of just becomes a mockery of itself. Right. And I think after after season ten or so, uh, with some allowances, you know, that's what like started to happen to The Simpsons. Whereas. I could say the same thing for wrestling too, but it's like, okay, so you have this show, this new show called The Simpsons, and it's this completely new universe, and it's it's rewriting. I mean, for its time, it wrote rewrote the rules of TV. Like nothing like that had ever come out before. It was so satirical. It jabs so much at just like the uh, of just like the common culture of the time. And this is nineteen uh, late eighties, you know, and everybody's like every politician wanted the world to be like leave it to beaver and the simpsons were like that's not what the world is right and that's what was so cool about it is they they were willing to like step out and be like you know what guys like we're not going to make this show that's what an uh, american family is supposed to be like in your perfect little imaginary world from your goddamn political bubble you know they're like this is what families are actually doing and sometimes dads are bad at their job and you know kids misbehave right and and, 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 and sometimes so like, families are poor and you know what i mean yeah, like and kids yeah, yeah 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 exactly like families have like money problems sometimes you know and the simpsons even uh particularly in the episode with um with uh frank grimes uh, he even points out how ridiculous it is that they have this amazing castle of a house. You know, he's like, I've worked so hard my entire life. I've come from nothing, and I live in this tiny little apartment, and you're here with your beautiful family and your castle, and you just fell, like, ass backwards into this um, into this job. You know, and it's like, <laughs> Simpsons was able to do that, though. They were, like, able to actually be like, hey, uh, you know, like, even... Even though we're taking a, a more realistic look at a family in obviously a very satirical way, like we still can poke fun at 
how it's still pretty unrealistic, you know? And so every now and then you have that sort of out of universe character that comes in and just goes like, what the hell? Like Chalmers is kind of that character too. Superintendent Chalmers, where he'll come in and just be like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> Yeah, I, I think Frank yeah. Grimes was kind of a. I mean, he was brought in for one episode. For those who don't know, uh, he was he was basically Homer Simpson's nemesis for an episode. Oh, God, so and I, I believe, <laughs> I, I think like Frank Grimes dies at the at the end of it. Yeah. And uh, spoiler alert. And 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 at, at his funeral, like <laughs> like his coffin falls or something like that, and Homer, like, does a stupid joke, and everyone laughs at Homer. Yeah, and it's like, like Homer. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's such a good episode, because he basically, he's like, he's like the anti-Simpsons character. But, like, like the yeah. show, like, he's, like, kind of tearing the, the show's beloved characters apart, like, this is so unbelievable, like he said. Oh, man, right. it's so good. So, so then, gentlemen, Perry, Teddy, let me, let me, uh, let me pose this question to you, then. So, when you run for 28 seasons, you cannot stay sharp making those same satirical references because you lose the ability to be the avant-garde when you are the standard bearer. Yes? Well... Get him, Teddy. The satirical references will obviously change over time, and so you can keep having... An impact, but I think The Simpsons uh, got away from being quite as hard hitting. And like I was saying, it kind of just went to more of a show about a dumb guy named Homer, sure, rather than like an introspective look at society. Well, exactly. And, it 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 sort of you know, in that pop will eat itself. It allowed yeah. itself to be homogenized. Yes, and yeah. it became and, a part of everything became, else. And, and like everything, and I can give you tons of examples about this, it, it, it became a parody of itself, but unironically. So, like, new writers of The Simpsons grew up watching The Simpsons. Right. So they're not saying, how can we make this new groundbreaking show? They're saying, how do we make the show like the show that has already existed? Right. And so, yeah, it, it, can you... Can you make a show that goes that long without it eventually kind of derailing? And I'm really not sure. Um, but man, it, I, I don't, I don't really particularly want to bring this conversation back to wrestling because I love talking about The Simpsons. But I will <laughs> briefly because when you see really old wrestling, it was guys trying to make it look like a wrestling match, like a collegiate wrestling match. Sure. And if somebody got picked up and slammed. It was super surprising because if you watch a collegiate wrestling match, it almost never happens. And and then as the generations progress, then it becomes how do we do it like our previous generation of wrestlers? And then each generation teaches the one after it to it. So it gets to the point of like you get far away, so far away from what it was originally meant to be. And quite frankly, if anybody tried to go out there and have a wrestling match that was meant to look like a collegiate wrestling match nobody would buy it it would be super boring and you know nobody would get it so it, it it has to evolve in that sense and um and i honestly i think wrestling has done a better job of it than the simpsons right. uh, but um 
But yeah, yeah, Simpsons. And, you know, and it's like I'm I'm sitting here talking shit, but again, like I've said, I barely even watched the new episode, so I could be totally wrong. No, no, sure you're I'm you're not. you're right, Teddy. You're you're totally right. Um, <laughs> well, but 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 also, I mean, Simpsons has the same characters it's had for the past 27 years. Wrestling, you get right. new characters all the time. You get people leaving the show, so to speak. Yeah. You know, wrestlers retiring or you know leaving, go somewhere else, whatever. Um, so it's it's a bit different, but I mean, I I think it, it kind of comes down to different writing staffs trying to emulate, uh, you know, the way the show like feels to them or, or you know made them feel or, or you know what what seems like Simpsons, but what actually is not. How you get the funniest and most poignant things out of the Simpsons, like you said earlier, m- yeah, much more eloquently yeah. than I did. Um, but also, you have shows like Futurama, <laughs> also done by the same people that brought you The Simpsons, and that show is, was, was when it existed, so consistent. Um, yeah. And, and something like Family Guy, which I don't put next to Simpsons at all. Um, Better not. But uh, Family Guy was very funny, and then it came back, and it was still kind of funny, and then it was not funny, and then it kind of came back to being really funny again. So I think you can save a show. Um, yeah. So and Darren loves Family Guy. He can he, he he can talk to you on his All Family Guy podcast. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Right, I thought and, I might have heard a little scoff there when I uh, when I said don't put it next to the, the Simpsons, but uh, <laughs> when, I, when I agreed with you on that. I but yeah, it. I don't know. Fa- family Guy to me is I I watch it and I laugh, but I don't know if it's um, yeah. I don't. It's certainly. And no other show really can. It certainly didn't have the impact that The Simpsons did when it first came out. But just because The Simpsons came out and skewered society in a way, in a way that like nobody else done it before, right. and really uh, they sort of laid the groundwork for shows like Family Guy and you know even like Rick and Morty now. You know, like like, but it's got to be you've got to be more and more over the top with your. Uh, ridiculousness <laughs> pretty much yeah it seems um, like shock humor is like the only thing that sells nowadays and when, when family guy realized it wasn't quite as funny anymore it just went for like the meanest most shocking jokes possible cleveland show yeah cleveland show was was always horrible and so it knew it had to be very shocking so it references like you know, horrible tragedies that should just not be mentioned at a comedy show. But uh, but I digress. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I never watched the Cleveland show, so I don't know. But uh, oh my god, oh my god, don't ever watch the Cleveland show. But right. nothing against the people who make the Cleveland show and our fans who <laughs> enjoy the sure? Cleveland show. Uh, but stop it. Go watch the first ten seasons of The Simpsons. And uh, thank you, Tracy Ullman, for uh, not liking The Simpsons enough to keep them on your show. So they went yeah, on to no. become a 30-minute show. <laughs> anyway, um, so so yeah, exactly. You'll have plenty of time to watch, again, only the first 10 seasons of The Simpsons. Uh, and and no, nowhere past that. Uh, some good stuff for you. And uh, unfortunately, my friend, you have a lot of time coming up uh, to make... Uh, well, not unfortunately. Tiny Little Thing sounds like it could be a hit. Um, you might have to. You might have to make more than hands, though. Uh. <laughs> oh, I do. I do. Okay. I, I made. I make skulls. Okay. And, um, I make really creepy, like mutated faces, and uh, I made a horse skull that, per request of my girlfriend. That was pretty impressive. I don't think I could ever do it again, though. Uh, it was like a one. That was a one-time thing. I, I like that you could potentially make a really cool thing once. 
and then and then never never make it again. So so truly one of a kind because you'd be like, I can't do that again. Because <laughs> I, I just literally can't do it again. It's like the first ten seasons of The Simpsons, right, exactly. guys? Exactly. Hey, hey, hey. One of a kind. Can't. Well done. Well done. Way to bring it back. Way to bring Comedy it back to not wrestling. <laughs> well, Teddy, uh, man, it's it's uh, it's awesome catching up with you again. And we hate that it's been so long since we had. And that being said, I'm going to jump in here and say, uh, absolutely no later than February, we would love to have you back and get an update on your surgery. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, I I'll update you on that. And I didn't even go into all my examples of uh, irony overlapping on itself and becoming not ironic again because it's a crazy thing that we're seeing in this world right now and I, I gotta talk about it to somebody and my girlfriend is really sick of hearing about it <laughs> oh hey man I love it I actually uh, a couple weeks ago I went on a tirade um, right at the beginning of we didn't even get through the intro of the episode before I decided to tear into people that were just uh, basically the internet wrestling community for not giving anything a chance because yeah. everyone is so postmodern to the extreme that they don't allow anything to be cool. Right. They yeah. don't yeah, it's interesting. allow yeah, yeah, totally. anything to be impactful. And like you said, they allow the irony to overlap and compound to the point where no- nothing is sincere, nothing is genuine, nothing is heartfelt. And if there's if we eliminate emotion, man, we have really fucked ourselves. Right, and if something is genuine or organic, it's because it was supposed to be organic, which is actually not organic. And then here we go again. We're just going in circles. I know, man. It's <laughs> you know? a it's a really it's a really wicked world. So, all right. Well, we'll both sit down over the next <laughs> few weeks. We'll pick. We'll make up our examples of that. I'm gonna start taking more notes on the world around me. Of these things. Please. I'll come back to you with a list. Please do. Please do. Yeah, we'll have you on the show all the time, man. We'll check up on you. See what's going on. Uh, in the meantime, where can the fans uh, uh, keep up to date with all the Teddy Stigma movements? Uh, it's Teddy Stigma on uh, Twitter. Teddy Stigma on Facebook. Although, my Facebook, I mostly just post show flyers. So, you probably won't be seeing much <laughs> happening on my Facebook. Uh, so, Teddy Stigma on Twitter. And then real Teddy Stigma on Instagram, because there's apparently about four or five other people that decided they wanted to have fake Teddy Stigma accounts. I have no idea why. But uh, so uh, on, on Twitter, it's just regular old Teddy Stigma. And on Instagram, it is real Teddy Stigma. It's probably, it was probably Heath Slater and he's fa- <laughs> fake Teddy Stigma. Yeah, probably. That's, oh, he's always, he's always hot on my heels. <laughs> do, do you also have a fake Heath Slater account on Instagram? <laughs> Uh, oh, that's uh, that's my Tumblr, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Oh, man. Teddy, well, it's great talking to you, bud. Uh, if we don't talk to you between now and the surgery, hope it goes smooth. And we want to have you back on the show as soon as we can. All right, guys. It was good talking to you. Awesome, man. Farewell. Bye now. All right. Very nice to hear from Teddy. He's the best. He's the best. Um, and and what a way to close out the year, hearing from uh, Teddy Stigma, who... Uh, his news wasn't the best. His news not the best, but it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. I just wish there were more Teddy Stigma to see in person sooner. 
Oh yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of Teddy Sigma the wrestler, but Teddy Sigma the the, the Simpsons the, watcher, Teddy Sigma the Simpsons watcher, Teddy Sigma the show guest, the special guest. I I, I really enjoy. I uh, I enjoy Teddy's humor, his his silly humor. Hashtag friend of the show. Hashtag friend of the show, and uh, obviously very happy and always glad to have uh, Teddy Sigma on the show. He's welcome here anytime. And, uh, yeah, so thank you again, Teddy. And I guess that's going to do it for us here at the Whole Ref and Show. You uh, know, we do have one thing we do need to announce. Okay. We don't want to leave our listeners in the dark any longer. Here we are, the end of the year. We just want to tip you off to one of the biggest parts of the new year. Not only in the world of professional wrestling... But here on the whole reference show, and that is the Royal Rumble Contest. Yes, the Royal Rumble Contest, the annual, the now officially annual. The second, second annual. annual Royal Rumble Contest. Uh, some of you fans from uh, a year ago, uh, you'll remember this. What we do is we get 30 of you, dear listeners. So 30 men or women enter the Rumble. There could be only one winner, of course, as there is in a Royal Rumble. So what happens is the 30 people are selected out of however many people decide to sign up for this thing. We randomly select the uh, the entrance, the 30 uh, men and women. And basically every person who is in the Rumble gets assigned a number. And uh, whatever number you're assigned, that is the wrestler uh, that is representing you in the Royal Rumble. So if you get... Uh, let's, let's say you're number one and number two, and the first two wrestlers in are like Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler. Well, the number one, Bobby Roode came out first, number one, that's you, you're number one, Dolph Ziggler two, number two, that's you, you get the idea. Until someone wins, and uh, whoever is left standing, whatever number they drew in the Rumble, uh, that means you win the Rumble. So, uh, what do you win, Darren? If you win the Royal Rumble Contest you will receive a very special prize, a unique prize from the whole reference show, oh. the prize to be announced. There's a lot that has left TBA to be announced about this contest, but we wanted to make sure that you're listening now. These are some important dates to remember. On the 19th of January, on that episode, we will announce the 30 individuals who have been randomly selected to be a part of the contest. On the following week, on the 26th of January, on that episode of The Whole Reference Show, we will announce your entry numbers. That Friday, when the episode drops, that gives you only 48 hours with which to prepare to watch the Rumble with your number at hand. That's right. And between now and the 16th of January, that is the official deadline, we're going to say 12 noon Eastern Standard Time on the 16th. That's how long you have to sign up. But do not delay, folks. Do not delay. You would definitely want to get in on this sweet action. And how can you do that? Well, you can send us an email at the whole ref and show, T H E W H O L E R E F N S H O W at gmail.com. And uh, have the subject Royal Rumble Contest. We're just going to need your name, social media handle, where you're from, maybe a brief introduction, and a picture. That's all we need for the submission. We do want the picture, by the way. 
As you know from following us on social media, we love our pictures and we want to celebrate you listeners in graphics that are supporting this contest and the whole reference show and you. You could win this. You could stand tall with last year's winner, Ryan Pate from Atlanta, Georgia, uh, who came in as Randy Orton and won that Rumble. Which is funny because his roommate was actually uh, Bray Wyatt. And uh, he, <laughs> he threw his roommate out to win that Royal Rumble, uh, which is very interesting. Uh, so, yeah, folks, definitely uh, sign up for this thing. Don't wait for the last minutes. We do love our pictures, as Darren was saying. We also love hearing from you guys all the time. There's lots of ways to reach out to the show, of course. Uh, you can do so at Twitter, at Refn Show Podcast. That's R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Uh, like I said, find us on Facebook, like and share, and uh, send us a Gmail, of course. Or find us on Instagram. That's where the prettiest of the picturiest pictures of pretty pictures are. Right there on Instagram at the whole Refn Show. I've had about a hundred new followers in the last couple of weeks, so you guys really are pouring on the steam. We appreciate all the likes. Uh, we try and keep you entertained on Instagram, just like we do in every other social media format, and most importantly, on this podcast. Thanks, dear listeners. That's right. We're going to close this year up with the bang. Once again, we want to thank with all DDP? of you. We want to thank all of you listeners for listening in. Hope you enjoyed yourselves. And, man, next year is going to be great. We're going to start the year off strong with the Royal Rebel Contest. Plus, we got lots of cool interviews lined up with some new folks that we have not heard from on this show. And uh, we got some uh, wrestle news and wrestle views here on the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, the whole ref and show. And as always, my name is Perry Smith. And as always, my name is Darren Beasley. And we'll see you next year, folks. Yeah, not until next year. Uh, we're gone until next year. Bye, everyone. Hi, uh, until next year. All that cool stuff that Perry said, you're not going to get it until next year. Uh, next year, folks. Tell you later. like to be called, taught us that a man can triumph over adversity. And even though Frank's agonizing struggle through life was tragically cut short, I am sure he's looking down from him right now. Change the channel, Marge! <laughs> <laughs> That's right.